1: You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction.
0: And
2: now we go into the thick of it.
0: Uh Uh-oh.
2: Uh-oh. Erin Addison's
1: On American Family Radio. Welcome to the Friday edition. Man, we made it. It, This is is good. It's been a a full week. Yes. Um, I've enjoyed it. I really have. Like, I, I have to say... Um, You know, when my favorite topics kind of collide and we have the opportunity to just kind of really talk solely about that, Mm -hmm. um, the word of God and church history, um, you know, that's that's a good week for me. You know, (laughs) I mean, I know that there are a lot of current events that are happening right now and our culture is going through a lot right now. And and, and I understand that, you know, but to be able to say, hey, if we're going to really look at the culture, we got to filter this through a biblical lens. This is what we've been saying. And. You know, this week being able to unpack it and talk about it, the kind of stuff that we talk about with our kids all the time, the kind of stuff we talk about together all the time um, to be able to bring it to air this past week. Um, if I could just be completely transparent, mm-hmm. it's made, I've been giddy. I really have. Like, I've enjoyed <laughs> it. I've, I mean, this is I just love it. I love it. I, you know, I really wish that every believer, when we talk about, you know, how we live, that we understood we're not just saying that we like the Bible. That we're <laughs> enamored by the Bible, but that we really see the Bible as indispensable—that it is vital to our lives. That we we cannot live without the Word of God. Like we cannot. We. I mean, if if we understood that and we had a real understanding of what uh, a biblical worldview is, it doesn't mean that you just like the Bible and you can tolerate its teachings on Sunday. That's that's not having a biblical worldview. It means that it determines the way you respond in life to whatever situation comes your way.
2: Mm-hmm. Your
1: reaction is always going to be the word of God says the word of God says, and it, it can sound like a broken record. Um, but it needs to be the habit that we have. Like what, you know, what else do we have? Even as you know, we're looking back and talking mm-hmm. about Sola Scriptura all this week. Um, you look at the early church what were they devoted to? They were devoted to the apostles' doctrine, the apostles' teaching. So the Word of God is foundational to the church, right? I mean, there's just, there's so many claims (laughs) that we, or so many cases, I should say, that we can make for the importance of the Word. But anyway, we've come to the end of that. I will say this, though, Will the Great. (laughs) We had several topics that we we wanted to explore through the lens of Sola Scriptura. So... We'll open the phone lines, which, by the way, you can start getting uh queued up right now. Sherry B is over in Studio CC, and she gets giddy when the phone lines are open.
2: <laughs> I don't know if "giddy" is the right word, but you know.
1: <laughs> don't reveal her secrets. Just leave it. Just, I'm
2: not sure. Just
1: leave it. Sherry's the type of person that'll call in. Don't feel like it. It's like, wait a minute. What do you mean? Don't feel like it? You mean you're calling in sick? No, I'm calling in. Don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. Nah,
2: Sherry is good. I'm She's a, a very warm voice when you when you call in to speak to her.
1: Yes, yeah. very thorough, very thorough hey. and uh, very careful.
2: I want to mention me yes. and uh, our brother Jerry Rayner were having a, a long discussion on Facebook. Oh, OK. <laughs> and so he wrote a post about, you know, um, wearing mask, you know. OK. And so um, this might be something fun. To throw, I don't know. It would be fun to throw out there, but. <laughs>
1: Wow, it's already controversial. I don't know what you mean with fun when well, you're talking about masks. But go ahead.
2: Well, we mean <laughs> Jerry, you know, yeah. have been going uh back and forth about uh who is the authority in the American system? That's that's we're talking about masks. So if you mandate if you if if masks are mandated, right, then uh should Christians, because we are under authority to the, I guess, the government that we live under, just wear the mask, or is there something to be said about us having the authority, although we elect officials, but it's at the consent of the govern, right, mm-hmm. and, and there are certain things that we you know, maybe citizens are like, no, I don't want to wear that, I think you're overstepping your uh, a power to mandate that so it was just a, well I
1: think I, a I, that's question. an interesting discussion that is a very interesting discussion can I give the number and then I want to comment on that if that's okay
2: yeah and, and after, it, after you give the number and comment I want to give the exact post what he said so okay we'll, we'll know exactly okay. what we're talking about
1: so so let's get our listeners queued up to comment on what we've talked about all this week sola scriptor has really kind of been the umbrella we're talking about by the scriptures alone and we began that discussion on Monday then on Tuesday we gave a defense. For by the yes. scriptures alone. <laughs> yes. So kind of expanded that. Um, and then on Wednesday, we got into partiality and privilege. But again, looking at it through a biblical lens mm-hmm. and then had to finish that up on Thursday in the first segment because um, we didn't get through all of the discussion on privilege. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Anne Graham Lotz joined us to talk awesome. about the return. <laughs> oh, my great goodness.
2: interview, man. I like her. She's, she's...
1: I do, too. I deal. do, too. Yeah. I Yeah. I, I, I like her a lot. Um, and I just one of the things if I can just say one of the things I appreciate about the Grams is that whenever you talk to them and it, I, I don't care where you see them. I don't care who's talking to them, who's interviewing them. The gospel will be presented. They will make much of Christ. Like mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm just like it it is it is such a challenge and an encouragement to me to see them in various settings you know and and to see how seamlessly they will weave the gospel into a conversation Franklin Graham does this like I mean I don't care what you invite him on to talk about and I'm I'm talking about these national um you know outlets namely Fox Fox News yeah I have been so like just get them get them <laughs> I mean just not ashamed of the gospel yeah. right so that it comes well, out awesome in everything that you're communicating anyways. um, So that was a great conversation. That was yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to comment on any of that, you've got questions, you've got comments um, throughout the week. The phone lines are open 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. I would also, I'm wondering, and maybe we can hear from our listeners on this today. Mm -hmm. Are you Sola Scriptorid out you like how I could just do that with whatever I want. Out. Are you sola out or do you know, do you want to move on to something else? Because we had a number of different topics that we wanted to explore that I think are vital <laughs> uh, in light of current conversations, but just to the church, period, that we say, man, we need to really go back to the word of God, having laid a foundation for why the word should be accepted mm-hmm. and esteemed as finally authoritative. Um, you know, there's some other topics that we have. I'll just list them and you can say, eh. Nah, let's go back to talking about protests or let's talk, you know, whatever. That's fine. Uh, we can do that.
2: Seems like coronavirus but, is ramping up again. That might be. Something. Well, that's that's <laughs> right, because there's been some spikes among the yeah. young, the younger people now. So.
1: Well, I mean, do you think that w- what we have seen in the last few weeks has anything to do with that? Like, yes, do you, I, I mean, 100% there's been, think that you know, you're
2: talking about the protest and all that. Yes. Stuff? Yes, yes, I do.
1: You know, people couldn't bury their loved ones. And yet, all of a sudden, we need to allow for like this, quote unquote, summer of love. Like, I mean, I I don't I don't understand. (laughs) I mean, that's that's ridiculous. So, yeah. Anyway, I guess we'll have to talk, go back to talking about that. Um, But anyway, some of the other topics, just so that our listeners can be thinking about this and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Do we want to continue unpacking unpacking this? But divisions and factions. We can talk about Mm. that. We can talk about mercy. Talk Mm. about life. Submission to authority. All of these things we can do that have huge bearing on our current cultural climate. But we're going to do it from the word of God. Not from any modern philosophical construct. We're going to do it from the word of God. Wisdom and folly. This becomes important when you're Mm. training children. Patriotism and constitutional rights. You mean to tell me the Bible has something to say about that? Actually, yes, it does. Like... Yeah, it does. Interesting. So Interesting. Um, purity, sexual identity and mm-hmm. sexuality and marriage mm. and all of this, we approach not just from tradition, not just because we like it, but because the word of God has something to say on it. And we want to be found saying what the word of God says. OK, Amen. so having said that, gotten the calls queued up. What's the exact post between you and our brother, Jerry?
2: OK, the exact post is he said, I'm just curious Dot. 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 If Rome had commanded everyone to wear masks in the first century, is there any reason to think that Jesus and the apostles would have refused? That was his his post. And okay. the, the, the discussion came because I said, question for you, Jerry, not that I disagree with you, but are mayors, governors, etc., or authority our leaders in America or are they our servants? Because he mentioned Rome. And I don't mm-hmm. think Rome is the same thing as America. But I see what he's getting at because he cites Romans chapter 13 and in Peter. Mm-hmm. So that, that was the discussion, but it was a long, it's a long discussion because we we're going mm-hmm. back and forth, but um, even here, locally mask, I think they're going to be mandated. So how should people feel about that? You know, um, is that an infringement to mandate something like that? Should it only be recommendations or um, is it there a right to, you know, authorities to mandate that and, and we have to, adhere to it and if so if other things were mandated like where does it stop that's that's i guess yeah. that's that's the uh the comment yeah so
1: so let, let me just say this and then we'll we'll go to the phone lines because okay. uh, as I'm, I'm aware that they have been queued up here yes they're um ready. let me say this we are not rome so we don't live by edicts uh we do have a a system in a form of government where if there are laws that are to be made, there is a process for how those laws are made, that it does uh, remain representative government. Right. So that right. our elected officials are involved in that. So it's not just sort of a, you know, one man edict being issued. Well, I have decided I mean, we don't have a Caesar. Right. Right. And uh, no, nor do we have you know, Felix and Festus's, you know what I'm saying? Like where it's like the supreme <laughs> right. rights sort of a thing. Right. Um, we do have rights that are to be protected as, as Roman citizens did as well. They had rights mm-hmm. that were to be protected. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, those rights could be usurped at the will of Caesar. Yeah. And and so that's a little bit different. I would say this, based on what I have learned mm-hmm. by studying and observing conduct among Christians in the early church under Roman rule. Mm-hmm. I would say that Christians um, desire to live in peace mm-hmm. for the glory of God. Right. So within reason, they did what they were required to do in as much as the requirement did not call for a violation of conscience. Mm-hmm. So they would not do anything that would be to exalt someone above the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just look at the mm-hmm. history of our brothers and sisters who lived before us under major persecution. Um, they would not do anything that even resembled
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so, uh, being a part of anything that would rival Jesus and his authority. True. That he is the supreme King of Kings and Lord of Lords. True. And so they were they were they were in Roman culture, but they were not of Roman culture. And, you know, that often led to the loss of life. As far as the masks go, (laughs) I think that each person has to do as they see fit. My personal opinion is this. The mask wearing is not an affront to Christ, in my opinion.
2: It's not. Not at all.
1: It's not an affront to Christ. Like, it's not like I'm being asked to burn incense. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So if I go to a store, this is my personal opinion. All right. My personal opinion. Mm hmm. If I go to a store and that store says we're asking everyone to come in and wear masks, you know, with a strong like there's a person there that's screening people. Yeah. Well, I have to I have a decision that I have to make. Either I'm going in the store with the mask on or I'm not going in the store. And you have to
2: do that now with doctor's appointments. I've had to do. You know, you you put them on. Yeah,
1: that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. The same thing. But in a different way, Mm -hmm. when we talk about our government, you -hmm. know, we talk about our local government,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, you know, they don't own businesses. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think each individual business should be able to decide how they want to operate. Do they want people wearing masks? Don't they want people wearing masks? As far as Christians go, like, I'll tell you something. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not inclined to wear a mask when I'm out, but I understand and appreciate people who do. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I were around someone and they felt uncomfortable or they felt unsafe because I wasn't wearing a mask and I was talking to them, you know what I would do? I would put on a mask. Mm-hmm. I would put on. Why? Because now I want to walk in love. You understand what I'm saying? I want to bear with people. And if, and if to the person that I'm talking to, they feel unsafe because they think, you know, I don't know where you've been or whatever and i, <laughs> right, I mean right
2: no you know, no that's that's legit you know like we it's have, a we display have of private love.
1: friends private right. friends who you know i've i've met them how are you doing you want me to wear a mask you know what i'm saying do you want me to put on a mask how do you how are you feeling and i think that's okay we could talk, I talk about, about it
2: more and we gotta get to the calls but we could talk about it more
1: all right we'll take the break and we'll be right back
0: Got my face to the ground, passed it up and set in the sky, in the sky Almost like a lever, like a i How go, how if you got that feeling, like that feeling like you, you got to paint the breakup
2: in, turn it up, better, turn up. Go ahead, go ahead.
1: Wow. wow. Welcome back, Aaron the Addison's, the Friday edition on American Family Radio. I'm yeah. Mikey.
2: And I'm Will, and that's Flame featuring Surge with Break the Building. And I was telling you, Flame, his his mother passed away uh, recently. I'm very so sad to learn that. Keep Flame in prayer. Yeah. Those who know his music, you know we we've had him at a couple of our events here, the, the conferences and stuff. And, yeah, uh, yeah. He's a good good brother. So just you know, keep him in prayer.
1: Yeah dear brother in the faith and 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 man we appreciate him um that's that really made me sad that song right there is a particular family favorite that's yeah. that's one right there that people would you know our car gets lively when if that i mean we kind of turn up all right let's go to the phone lines 888 589 we love good music guys i'm i'm not embarrassed to even admit it to you a little bit 888 589 8840
2: Will the Great, where do we go first? All right, let's go to Mike in West Virginia. Hi, Mike.
3: Hi, thank you for taking my call.
2: No problem. Go ahead.
3: Uh, Hi, Mike. I'd like to ask, how can people have a biblical worldview when so many people are treating stuff written since 1970 like it's new additional books of the Bible?
2: Hmm. That's a great question, and I see where you're going. Oh, I
1: I got a short form answer. (laughs) I got a short form answer for you, Mike. They can't. (laughs) They can't. Like you are. You. I mean, you. That's this. This is the part of the reason for the fight in the early church. That's part of the reason for the fight in the early church because there were books in circulation that people were reading these books and taking them as authoritative. Athanasius in particular was one who was mm-hmm. like, okay, you can read this book of Hermes. You can read this. You can read that. But, you know, the scriptures that seem to present themselves, and that's very key language, right? They present themselves as authoritative um, are these and then 30 years, and that's the Eastern Church, that's Athanasius in the Eastern Church. Yeah. And then in the Western Church, you know, you understand the splits and the divisions, 30 years later, you've got two different councils that discover the same thing. Discover that these books present themselves as authoritative, that they they confirm themselves to be true and trustworthy, mm-hmm. and so much so that they should serve as the rule for our faith and engagement, hence the word canon, you know, I think what we often miss is, is not that you had a group of men. And I said this already sitting around saying, "Ah, eh, you know what, let's just put some books in and, and all of this other stuff. Let's just get rid of it. No, this is the result of prayer. And I'm going to say the protection of the Holy Spirit, because we need the word. We need the word. Amen. This is the Holy Spirit preserving the word so that we can have it today. So, Amen. no, we're not. There's there's no new revelation. Right. People need we need to be we need to be very comfortable saying that there is no new revelation. There is no new doctrine. Right. What has been laid down by the apostles, by their teaching. All right. What what was common to the first century church is supposed to be common to us today. There's no there's no new revelation in the sense of here is from the Lord how every Christian ought to live now. No, we've already gotten that and and God and his sovereignty. Got that to us once and for all. So anyway, yeah. To your point. Excellent. Mike, you no, we can't, <laughs> we can't be adding new stuff and saying this is now authoritative for the church, you know, in 1970. I mean, I don't even, I'm not really sure what Mike is talking about specifically, <laughs> but, um, I'm just going to say just cause you said 19, anything. No. Right. So hey. 70 or 61, it doesn't even matter.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was a question on uh Facebook. Uh, um, they were asking what biblical or Bible teachers or resources, et cetera, do you recommend for those new Christians who are just getting into the Word?
1: Um <laughs> man, so I, I would say so get into the Word first. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. No,
1: I'm not saying that there aren't any Bible teachers to recommend, but I'm gonna tell you my observation is that too many are going off the rails faster than I can keep up with them. Mm -hmm. So I could recommend this person to you today and tomorrow they would be telling you to apologize for the color of your skin. And so I'm like, and that doesn't throw out their body of work. Okay. Don't get me wrong. That doesn't throw out their body of work, but it upsets me. It upsets me when I see it happening. Okay. Yeah. So I would, I would say, um, one of the first things to do is to read the Bible for yourself. And, and again, as Anne Graham Lott said yesterday, not to just be trying to get through it through a year, you know, there's so many people who like pride themselves, you know, yep, it's, it's January. I'm going to read the Bible through in a year. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that because the word is alive. Right. I mean, it's going to search you. It's, it's going to convict you at the same time. There is no substitute for robust Bible study. Right. So, you know, study in original Greek languages, um, you know, and, and again, I'm not saying that you have to go back to Bible college to study the Bible because again, Because God is God and we are not. The Bible is to be read on a level of someone who has had like you know seventy five years of school, exaggeration for effect, (laughs) and also someone who has had three years.
2: Yeah, the Bible or four years of school. You understand what I'm
1: saying? Our kids. Yes, it makes sense. Yes,
2: our kids. You
1: know, one of my favorite things to do is when we sit down around the table, and you know, divide up these passages. You know, we're working through one chapter and we take it line by line. That's why it's taken us so long. And, of course, there's been breaks because of different things going on. But that's why we've, gone, we've spent several months going through acts, just wringing it out. Right? And one of my favorite things to observe is to see a light bulb go off in one of our kids' minds where they're yeah. like, oh, man, I understand that. That's it's, And it, I'm like, yes, yes, tell me. Bring it out. I just want to draw it out. What? Tell me what you understand. What do you see? What, because the Holy spirit enables us to understand what we're reading. Amen. So my first thing would be to say, start with the Bible. Mm-hmm. Right. And then after that, let me think about it and let me do some research and maybe respond to that person on Facebook because, um, yes. again, and yeah, things are changing lightning, like lightning speed. Right. You're right. And that's, I that's, know.
2: that's from our listener, uh, Christine. Thank you for also buying your, uh, Christ privilege shirt. It looks nice. All right. Uh, <laughs> We have a picture of Crazy. Christine. It's Should great. we go back
0: to the phone All line? right,
2: let's go to Judith in Alabama. Hi, Judith.
0: Hi, hey, Will. Hey, Mickey. How are y'all?
2: Good. Hi. Hi.
0: Hello. Hi. 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 Um, uh, I have a question, but while I was on hold, I thought of a question you asked a couple of weeks ago. Mm. You said, how do I answer certain questions like, you know, your child looks just like you and you said sometimes you feel uncomfortable just saying thank you. And that. And I'll tell you, the thought that came to me was, only God. Only God. Only God. When you don't know what to say, only God. So I answered your question. I hope that helps you. <laughs> but now I have That's a question good. for y'all. Okay. Yeah. Um, wh- where do you guys stand as far as Christians having guns? You know, the Bible says that no murderer has eternal life. And if it comes to self defense, some people may have to murder somebody else. And where do where do Christians fit in biblically with that answer? You know, we have a second amendment, right? But mm. it's also legal now to have abortions. But mm. that doesn't mean a Christian should fit into that that area of living. Mm-hmm. And so, where are yeah, we? That's a
2: good question. As far
0: as having gone? Well, uh,
2: thank you. That's a good question. And, uh, murder, I would say, is different from self defense. And I, I'm so I just,
1: glad you started there. That's exactly where I was going to start. Well, the, right, uh, yeah, the go great, ahead Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, you, you continue okay, on, no, I was going to say uh, yeah. that
2: murder is different from, from self defense. And I think, you know, you, we have to make sure that that distinction is there, you know, because, um, yes, murder <laughs> is not godly it's not you know you will uh unless i mean you can repent for your sins and people who have murdered have repented you know they may be in jail right now even on death row but you know when we talk about self defense that's something totally different mm-hmm. and so i i just i just feel like the first what we have to start at is def- defining what is murdering someone what uh, rather than like being defending yourself and defending your family and is there allowance for that within the word of God. And I would say clearly there's an allowance for that.
1: Man. And there's a, there's a great book, not uh, specifically on the topic that you're asking Judith. Well, first let me say this. Let me say this. Okay. So we want to go back to understanding the nature and the character of God. Right. Our moves to defend ourselves, Mm -hmm. to protect our dwelling, to protect our children is rooted in the justice of God. Right. It's it's rooted in one of the attributes of God that the Lord does not clear the guilty right now. I'm not saying that we are to act as if we are God, but please understand that it would be um, unreasonable and it would be against the way we are wired. It's against the way we are designed by God. For someone to come into your home and to begin grabbing up your children, and you just say,
2: "Oh well, well, have yeah, okay. mercy, right, right, well, just
1: have mercy." Yeah, N- no that that goes against the way we are wired, and 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 so having said that, rooting that in our understanding of the character and the nature of God, right, that you don't, <laughs> you don't, look, God doesn't clear the guilty, mm-hmm. He does not. You know, and he has given us an ability to understand justice, yes, and mercy, but also understand justice. we We get that by going back to the nature and the character of God. But there's another um great book that I think might be good to read. Um, I think his name is, oh goodness, I could grab the book in a second. uh Paul Copan, I think is his is his name. The book was written uh, maybe thirteen years ago now it's a little bit old. But the book is, Is God a Moral Monster? Is God a Moral Monster? And uh, just caution, the cover of the book is a little bit, you have to be careful if you order it, you know, because the cover of the book is like, I think it's like, you know, there's there's a dagger being pulled, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and I only tell you that because when, <laughs> when we have books around our house, you know, our kids are like, whoa, what is that? What's that? <laughs> like, is he killing him? Like, what is that, you know? But it but it but what it does is it sort of takes you through – how when God's people moved in and out of cultures and the type of justice that was instituted by the people of God more reflected the character of God. So the tooth for a tooth or the eye for an eye and that kind of thing was uh, was a departure from what would happen prior to the people of God moving into different cultures. Right. Um, For example, if you if you kill my animal, now I'm going to kill you. Well, you know, for the people of God, they have laws in place that say, no, you Mm want to treat animals humanely, but you're not going to take a human life for an animal life.
2: Exactly. It's not the same. There's
1: got to be justice. So God, I, I hate to say it in these terms, God understands justice. That that sounds silly to even say it that way. God teaches us justice. Let me say it that way. Right. He has put the desire of justice in our heart. When your spouse cheats on you, when your spouse is unfaithful, the jealousy that you feel is not because you're an android programmed. It's because you're made in the image of God. So when God says he is jealous for you and and understand all of the imagery that is used all throughout the Old Testament, God has this, this group of people that he set apart for himself and excuse the expression. But biblically speaking, when these people turn away from God to other gods, he calls that adultery. They have they have gone about, excuse the expression, whoring around. God calls it. And, and, and so for we get uncomfortable when we read that. Mm. But it's very strong language to communicate the type of connection that God has to his people. So we mirror that. And, and the reason I'm saying that is because the reason we desire justice is because God is just. And we are made in his image. And even people who want law enforcement officers to go into battles with with sprinkle bombs. (laughs) All right. If somebody were coming to their home, they know that they would want to be defended and protected and they would not have a problem with the law enforcement officer using force. And if they themselves were able to defend themselves, they would do it. To do otherwise is to violate the way you have been wired. Right. I will just I will just say it that way. Um, I would be careful to my sister Judith. I would be careful that the comparison between the shedding of innocent blood is made between or is made against defense right. when someone comes into your home or someone you know hems you up on the streets that is not a baby woven together in the womb of his or her mother. That's right. those are totally different things. That's innocent blood. Right. But the person who accosts you, who grabs you, who, you know, comes to to steal one of your kids or something like that, you understand, breaking into your home. That person has removed from himself or herself any claim of innocence. Mm-hmm. They have now broken that. And and now, you know, if they get out of it alive, then, man, they have an opportunity to repent. But if they don't, they don't get to control the consequences. They made the choice, but they don't always get to choose the consequences. Right. So that's Will the Great. I don't know if you would. No, that, that's good.
2: And we know that in the Ten Commandments, it talk about thou shall not murder. Some people say kill, but it is murder. it's murder. It's murder. And if you even if you read in, I think it's like Exodus chapter 22, it gives like uh they give like different breakdowns of if this happens, then this is what should be given for that. You know. Um, mm-hmm. and so uh, if there is a difference in again, self-defense and what we're talking about with murder. Abortion is murder. You Point know. Point blank. It's murder. And Point so blank. that has that's in a different category. Uh, altogether. We're talking
1: about we're talking about an innocent life taken for no other reason except I can. Mm-hmm. I can do it, right? So we understand that a bad law is a law that violates God's ultimate law, right? So violating God's law as it pertains to killing, right? Or as it pertains I mean, as it pertains to murdering someone implies innocent, the taking of innocent life, right? And so that's not what we advocate for in the United States of America. We do not advocate for the taking of innocent life. That's right. Although, as it pertains to babies, now we have a double standard, right?
2: Yep. So,
1: no, when we talk about Second Amendment rights, we're talking about defense. We're talking about defense. All right, we got to grab the break. We'll be right back.
0: Our God is in the heavens.
3: in in in
2: Welcome back to
1: the Addisons on American pre-says. Family Radio's Friday edition. We're taking your calls. We're going to move quickly. Uh, right. We've got a we got a lot of calls that are loaded up, so we're going to get to them. I, I I'm going to tell you from here on out. Um, I'm only going to give three word answers, and Will the Greys only going to give one.
2: Yep, one yeah, word. About right.
1: It's, that's the, <laughs> that's about the ratio of how we communicate. It's like <laughs> one to three. <laughs> Anyways, welcome back. I'm Miki.
2: And I'm Will. And that's Shia with Our God is in the Heavens.
1: All right. Will the Great. Where do we go?
2: All right. Let's go to Carrie in Virginia. Hi, Carrie.
3: Hey, how you doing?
2: Doing good. Good to
3: be on your show. Hey, I, nowhere in the Bible does it talk about you saying about scriptures. It doesn't say where we're supposed to be woke or awoke. It says we must be born again. And, uh... You know, we need to be awakened to the, the agenda of the Black Lives Matter and the fact mm. that the founder and the, some of the leaders are saying that they're well-steeped in uh, Marxism that's and right. communism, and that's really the agenda that they're trying to push.
2: That's right. And
3: we as born-again Christians need to stand together in Christ and have no part with that organization.
2: Yeah, You're right, Perfect. Carrie.
1: Perfect. I, I, what else? What, yeah, I mean, I
2: agree 100 percent. Give
1: the man a star because th- I mean, that's ex- <laughs> he is exactly right. Yeah, he's exactly right. The only awakening that happens in the life of the believer is to wake up from our sin and come into eternal life through through the Lord Jesus Christ. Like to Amen. to wake up, you know, oh sleeper <laughs> and to see that you are on your way to destruction, if not for the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Carrie, I, I, I can't add anything to that, although I just did. It's <laughs> not because it needed it just because i felt inclined all right where do we go next all right
2: let's go to pam in rogers arkansas hey pam
4: hi um you guys i appreciate you so much i just wanted to encourage you what you're doing is so important um speaking biblically looking at things through a biblical worldview when so many of our biblical leaders are quiet they're afraid Mm -hmm. and they don't they're they're uncertain And we have the answers. I just love that you you give me passion. I have a little prayer group every week and I use some of what you say many times to encourage my ladies as we pray
2: for our nation
4: and for our local areas and whatever. Just thank you for what you do. Uh, I know it isn't easy. I, I thank you that God made you black and you're outspoken because I think the black people are the ones that need to speak. Many whites. They don't listen to us, um, this Black Lives Matter stuff mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, bowing and all this stuff, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like you have something, you know, and, and God made you um, with the experiences that you have that help all the rest of us. You are right, and I love that you're training your children mm-hmm. um, to think biblically. We need much more of that. Um Amen. It is uh, so important right now, and to think that you take, you know, verse by verse and you really di- dive in. I'm sure your Bible study is pretty awesome, and you have some great conversations with your children. So God bless you. I pray for you and you know just be, um, be encouraged. People are listening and you're helping the body to stand mm. we need to be unified. Amen. If we can't be unified under the, the cross, you know, and under the gospel, the gospel makes everyone the same. Under you know, we we come to the Lord the same way. Amen. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's a great unifier, and that's what we need in this nation. We need a Amen. revival. Amen. Amen. Thank God you, bless
1: you, Pam. Those those words are such an encouragement, and I want you to know that Will and I understand everything that you just communicated. Mm-hmm. And and you know if if. Just to just to confirm for you, there are many times that we have looked at where we are right now in the history of the church and we have seen God's providence in who we are. Remember, he determines who we are, the boundaries of our habitation, when we would live. Right. God determines all of that and it's for his purpose. And so I I'm I'm resonating with everything that you just said, because we have explored this and we've thought, man, you know, the Lord, the Lord has called us to say the truth.
2: Amen. To
1: you, We cannot shrink back from that. So Pam, Amen. thank you for your thank encouragement. You, and thank you for your bold observations too. I mean, the true Testament of being a sister in the faith that we can speak boldly to one another, um, and telling the truth we appreciate you 888-589-8840 it's the friday edition friday edition of aaron the addisons we want to hear from you you have questions or comments about anything that we've talked about throughout the week um main focus was sola scriptura then uh we would like to hear from you 888-589-8840 you can call us sherry b is over in studio Mm -hmm. cc getting your calls queued up will the great
2: all right let's go to richard in kentucky hi richard Hey guys,
3: I really appreciate your program. Um, This is a really huge topic that you brought up um, briefly when you started your program, and that is (laughs) the governing authorities. And I really hope you do an entire program on this someday, but let me try in 30 seconds if I can to explain my hopefully biblical point of view on this. Mm -hmm. First of all, uh, we have a Declaration of Independence, which is our... our governing, um, I forgot the word already, but it's the document that, yeah. that founded America is the, dec- not the Constitution, but the Declaration of Independence. And it says we hold these truths, mm-hmm. and, and that lines up straight with solo scriptura is true. And that we are oh. <laughs> endowed with our creator with life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And these are gifts from God. And in America we have these rights that have been not given by government but secured by government and mm-hmm. it's acknowledged that, that our rights come from God. And the first three words of the Constitution are we the people do ordain this constitution. Mm-hmm. And so in Romans thirteen one it says, Let every soul be subject to the higher authorities the higher powers, and that includes the governing authority. And even in the days of kings, the king was subject to the higher authority, which is God himself. And so in America, God has given us our rights. We, the people, secured our rights through the Constitution, and our governing authorities are subject to our will as the people. Now, you all talked very well about uh, wearing a mask, and should we be polite, and should we be considerate of others, and not uh, deliberately going around and spreading a, uh, an illness. Mm-hmm. But do the authorities have the power to command us to do these things? And the answer is no.
2: I would they agree. We do not
3: have that power, mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. do not have the legal obligation to obey their quote-unquote um, dictates. We Do we have a, a perhaps a moral mm-hmm. obligation, you know, like I said, not to spread illness, but... They do not have the in America now, and y'all brought this up too. That we don't live in Caesar is dead, okay. Mm-hmm. And in in America, right. we the people are the government. Mm-hmm. And when the powers that be in America overstep their authority, it is our responsibility. I submit, as Christians, it's our duty to hold those um, lawless individuals accountable and. Uh, oh, I forgot the reference, I think it's in Romans, but lawless begets lawlessness. And the Supreme Court made a ruling about 10 days ago that was a lawless ruling, and mm-hmm. look at what's happening in the streets. Mm-hmm. It's lawlessness. Yeah. Christians should, in, my, in mm-hmm. my judgment, and you guys are right there with me, I believe, Christians need to stand up and declare what is right and true and the truth and what is lawless. Again. And we should not, we, we should, We. I'm not talking about revolution, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about rebellion, but civil disobedience is by all means appropriate for a Christian. Mm. And it's, I believe, I believe it's long past time that we need to stand up uh, against these lawless authorities.
2: Man, thank you so much, Richard. And uh, yeah, no,
1: I agree with you, Richard. Thank mm -hmm. you for the way you've communicated that. Go ahead, Will.
2: No, I would say I I would agree. and That that was kind of the basis of the discussion I was having with our brother Jerry, who may call in. I'm not sure. But uh, Mm -hmm. my question to him was, (laughs) who are the authorities in this comment that he raised? Are we the people the authority or, you know, is the government the authority? And, you know, he was raising the point that we have elected them and given them a certain amount of power. So then we submit to their authority, but at the same time, you know, we, we have given them this, you know, so it, what, what, I think what our brother was saying, you know, I, I agree with him. I, I don't agree that it can be mandated in the sense of make up uh, make you mm-hmm. wear this mask. But as a Christian, maybe the moral, like he said, maybe the moral obligation is to, to, you know, it's to love, it's to, Hey, okay, I'm, I'm trying to live at peace with all men you know my my thing like I was saying to you so with these mandates what, what, what really is concerning to me is so if they mandate a COVID-19 vaccine like do we say okay for the good of the people mm-hmm. you know around us I'm going to get this shot no or, I, you
1: know. I think that's I think that's different like mm-hmm. I I you know I no longer see that like okay And I think there are several different aspects to this, because when you say the government requires people to wear masks, well, well, there's going to have to be an enforcement of that at the business owned level. Right. So that the -hmm. government's not going to come into my car and make me put on a mask. This becomes a question (laughs) when you're out in the grocery store, when you're going to a doctor's appointment and things like that. Yeah. And in many of these instances, they're already privately owned. So they already decide to a certain extent mm-hmm. if they want people wearing masks or not, at least at this point. Now, if there's some sort of and this is where I have a problem to to the point that Richard was making. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with edicts. I don't have a problem with right laws. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I have a problem with edicts because I do think that takes away from the people the power that they have. Mm-hmm. Right. The people do have power in this country, although you don't see that as actual. <laughs>
0: right.
1: Um, <laughs> And, and, and I, I you know, I don't know. I guess that's the question. When I say operating in love, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about even just going around wearing a mask to show love. Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about if I go to take my kid to piano lessons and I'm, I'm going to my sister's home, who's going to teach my kid to play piano. Well, my question is. Do you want her to wear a mask? Mm -hmm. Do you feel more comfortable? Do you want me to wear a mask? That's not to please government. That's not to please society. That's because here is my sister. I don't know where she stands. And what I want operating higher than my right to not wear a mask is love. I I want love. And the mask doesn't take anything away from me. And
2: I think that's different. You know, I I think the the topic is, you know, because if it was mandated by government, you know, is that proper, you know, like because he, he mentioned Rome, if we lived under that time and, and, you know, with Jesus in the first century or whatever. Um, so I think what you're talking about, I can see, like, definitely we show consideration, you know. But I guess what the concern is, there's mandates or edicts coming from the government saying you have to do this or I don't know what the consequence would be, but there would be one. You know, that's where no, I feel I think like it's that's overstepping. dangerous
1: to... Yes. And I agree with that. I agree with that. I think it's dangerous because I think in the end, when we reveal as Americans um, that there is a weakness that can be exploited, there Mm -hmm. will be no stop to it. There's no, there's no end to it. Yeah. Um, I'm not letting anybody plunge a needle into my arm and tell me that I've got to put this in my body. I'm not doing that. Like I look, you, you want me, I'm going in your store and you're respectfully asking me to wear a mask Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to do that. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? That's my personal conviction. Now right. somebody else listening may not have that conviction and may feel like they're willing to get arrested to not have to wear the mask. That's you're right. We live in America. Right. You can do that, right? right. I'm not going to do that. That's not that's I'm not going to do that. I'm now I would get arrested if someone told me you got to inject yourself with something.
2: Right. If somebody that's told a, me
1: I got to inject my kids with something, clank clank, lock me up. <laughs> I'm not
2: I'm clank clank
1: You know what I mean? Tell my mom I love her. Like, I'm not I'm not I'm going down for that one. But the mask is for me. I'm not going to die on that hill. But I understand that Mm -hmm. we don't just keep giving up our rights willy nilly. And I don't know, maybe people feel like, well, that's too balanced. We need to be all or nothing. I'm not going to get arrested for not wearing a mask. I'm I personally am not going to do that. Would I be arrested for refusing Uh, vaccines injecting a substance that I don't know what's in it or where it's come from or how it was developed into my body. Yes. Lock me up. (laughs) Please come visit me. You understand what I'm saying? Because I'm not, I'm not going to do that. That violates my conscience. You see, it doesn't violate my conscience to put on a mask. My doctor asks me to put on a mask. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. They had to do my blood pressure three times. I'm pregnant. They did. Why is your blood pressure so high? Cause you made me put on a mask. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't like it, yeah. but I'm willing to do it. I know we've got to try to squeeze in some more calls. Will the Great, where do we go?
2: Well, this might be the last one. It's Bill okay. in uh, West Virginia. Hi, Bill.
3: Hi. Thanks for having me. I just want to make a comment about the um, murdering and killing, okay? Mm-hmm. Murder is premeditated. Mm-hmm. Killing will be in self-defense. And the Bible, I think, it, and I'm, I, I think I'm right on the quote of this. Exodus 22.2. Mm-hmm. The man breaks into your house and that person dies, his blood is on him. The next verse says, if somebody breaks into your house and you're not there and you find out who he is and then you go after him, then his blood is on you. Mm. The Bible covers all that. That's very good. And I want to make another comment about about your, your Bible study. You're absolutely right about the Bible study. These people that have these Bible studies, these churches that have these Sunday schools with these little books that man wrote, don't they know that the author of that book the Bible lives within them if they're true mm. not true believers. Mm. I think you were part of that this week, didn't you? Yeah, that's good. Amen. That's Man, good.
1: Bill, thank you so much. I wish we had more time um, yeah, because right you're, you're really hitting on all cylinders here. That's a great reference. Exodus chapter 22, verses 1 through 4 would be a great reference there. We're out of time. Until Monday, Lord willing.
2: God bless.